it was a theatre piece, but it was learning and development. And so we're talking about 15-ish years ago, roughly now. Mm. And uh, one of the first questions we'd say was, OK, so hands up, who's got mental health? And <laughs> of course, everyone's like, ooh! <laughs> But we would love that, actually, because we what we would love to what we love seeing is the is the penny dropping, right? As people realise through the story, ah, right, okay, I get it, I get it. Um, so yeah, it was fun and upbeat, and but yet it also and there was a lot of laughs in it as well as a very serious message. This is the podcast Creative at the Wheel, and I'm Julie Clare. As a transformational life coach and creativity guide, my life's work is helping people reshape their lives from the inside out. Here, I have deep dive conversations with luminaries who share about their own transformational journeys and how they became soul-sourced and creatively juiced. May their stories uplift and embolden all of us. Let's jump in. My guest today is Amy McDonald. And Amy lives in Glasgow, Scotland, and she is the founder and CEO of Head Torch, an organization dedicated to prioritizing mental health at work and international, really. She works around the world. The last two years, um, I've been lucky to be in creative play with Amy, and I find her so exciting. And I'm very curious about unpacking her story of being a drama student and then a teacher of drama in higher education and to becoming CEO of this kind of this organization dedicated to mental health wellness and bringing her um, theater and interacting skills into that work. So give us a sense just where you're sitting in Glasgow and what Head Torch is, because this is kind of where you are now. And then we're going to go back to who you were. We're going to trace some of this, but where are you now? Sure. Well, we work with all kinds of organizations, large, small, uh, doesn't matter really, because our work's all about being proactive to support people's mental health and well-being in the workplace. So essentially it's about empowering people to feel that they can have conversations with someone if they think that that someone is struggling and they can support them human being to human being. How much was, how much is online at this point? Um, and was it usually just in person and it's shifted given the pandemic or how has that changed? Yeah, it's shifted a, a lot since the pandemic. Um, I, I think we were doing probably a lot more face-to-face prior to, uh, obviously then it shifted all online to virtual classrooms. And now we're slowly going back to doing more and more face-to-face, which is lovely. But it's great that the virtual classroom still works, you know, and it's it's exciting in, in many ways, actually, uh, although I still prefer being in the room with other people. <laughs> and here, okay, so this is Head Torch, and you've got how many people work for the company? We're a small core team, and we work with lots of associates, so it depends on what we need and where we need them, really. So it's pretty flexible. So it depends on um, how many people you're working with then at any given time in the organization. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I see yeah. a lot of faces when I look at Head Torch. I mean, you've got quite a crew there um, yeah. on your website. So yeah, it's we've, very we've, robust. Um, yeah. Fostered great relationships with really great people over time, which has been fantastic. Lots of bringing in, I think the key is bringing in the variety of skills and knowledge. All right. And tell us, you were a drama student. Um, what is, how long ago are we talking? I mean, let, let's go. Who, a long who, time ago, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. Are we talking yeah. decades? Decades? Yeah. Uh, I went to drama school in 1990. 1990. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here in Glasgow. Okay. Tell me. So you're, you finish what is whatever equivalent, you know, high school, whatever you call this there in Scotland. Yeah. And then you yeah. go and you tell us what that was. You applied, you went right to drama school or you went, because I know you've done business as well. So what's, what's that? Yeah. Stepping? So I left, well, I left school and all I wanted to do was go to drama school. So I tried to get in and didn't get in. And then I ended up, you know, my parents were just like, well, you've got to do something. I was like, oh, okay. So I ended up doing this business course that I 
wasn't particularly interested in, but it was just that thing of do something. Okay. So <laughs> I did this business course and I kept up drama throughout it. So um, and that was that was great. And then I finished the business course and be like, yep, I still want to do drama. So I was fortunate that I could apply again uh, to drama schools and, and this time I got in everywhere so that was lovely and um, yeah so I ended up going uh, choosing Glasgow um, above the other above the other courses that were available to me and that was good because I'd been in a small town in England for my business course so it was really nice actually to come back to a larger city. Where, where were you born? In Perth the east coast of Scotland just it's just north of Edinburgh. Ah, got it. I've been to Edinburgh. I haven't been to Perth. Okay. Um, so there you are. You've gone through the business thing, not so excited. You're, so you're a drama gal. I mean, you're you're in, yeah. right? What, what yeah. was exciting to you about drama or what is, but what, what was going on there? Oh, I just, um, I just loved it. It was really exciting and new and it was just a big, the whole thing was just a big adventure. And we had some great tutors some really great tutors and, and fantastic opportunities and the course I did was really good in that it kind of gave you a grounding in everything so we did everything from history of theatre and playwrights which was associated actually with Glasgow Uni at the time and right through to you know three years of developing your voice and movement and performing and poetry and you name it. So it was a, it was a lovely diverse course and there were some great people on it too. Beautiful. And I know we've talked some about this, so I, I know I'm not overshooting by saying that there is a bit of a transformational journey here from that to where you are now. And how would you say, what, what was the first step towards this life that you're at now? What, there you were doing all this exciting drama. Um, mm. How would you put I that on the map? Yeah. Well, when I left drama school, I kind of, I actually sort of really fell into doing theatre and education. In other words, working with young people and I worked in youth theatre and it was during that time I was introduced to the work of Augusto Boal, who is a Brazilian theatre practitioner, now no longer with us, unfortunately. And it's, his work is just unbelievably exciting and dynamic. Um, and that was a real game changer for me in terms of where my focus was. What, tell us a little bit, what is it about that work? What is, what's the essence of that? So Give us the, a show of that, yeah. The essence of that, well, he calls it the theatre of the oppressed. So basically the essence of that is that you create a story which is real to your audience, Right. So at the time I was working a lot with with young people. And so, you know, we would be developing stories around uh, a child who was going through a tough time at school and at home. And the story, the sort of arc, the, the arc of the story is usually the central character starts off in quite a good place and then they move from bad to worse through a series of choices and the audience sees the show from beginning to end and then we say okay so you know how did the how did the protagonist get on not great were the places that he or she could have done things differently yes so let's rerun those key moments and if you the audience have an idea of what the protagonist could say or do differently then shout stop and we'll try out your idea and in traditional and yeah traditional forum the person in the audience who said, stop, I think she should do this now, or I think they should do that now, they actually come up onto the, onto the floor and replace the actor. And they, so they, they're known as, in forum theatre, the, the audience are known as spectators. So the spectator would then improvise basically with the other actors. And in that way, we explore what's, you know, different options and, you know, was it two steps forward, three steps back, or was it a great idea or, and so on and so forth. So it's a really exciting dynamic way really of debating life, some of life's tough decisions that, that, that people are, you know, that people are facing. So it's forum theater, F-O-R-U-M, right? And, yeah. and, and this, um, 
Augusto. Yeah, yeah. Boal. Is that how you say yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where's he from? Was this was this something he was doing in theaters or was it more in academics setting or what what how was this? Uh, no, it's more with the with the with the people. He was doing it with the people in um in Brazil. Um and uh, yeah, there's he's written numerous books, Theatre of the Oppressed. Um and of course I can't think of the other names, but anyway, if you if you look him up, you'll yeah, you'll find him. He's a really exciting practitioner. He won a Nobel Prize, actually. Oh my god. Uh, Big guy. Yeah. Sorry, I my ignorance there. Um, but I no, will look no, him up. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Very exciting. And he so you kind of come into this work and did you did you start participating in it? What how, how much of your life did that? I instantly, well, I was working with a, a youth theatre at the time, so I instantly, you know, we we um, worked with the kids. Um, and when whenever I was working with young people, it was the theatre that we created was all their work. So it was all about them creating the piece, the pieces for themselves. Yes, myself and my colleagues would be there to help shape it, but essentially it was about them expressing their thoughts and their feelings. And this type of theatre is really it is really powerful well, it's really powerful for any age group um and especially for young kids you know going through well yeah as you know facing many many issues and difficulties and so on it can be a really powerful medium to to work with so yeah they loved it absolutely loved it so was this were you on high doing this did you feel like you had found your calling or were you aware of uh, there were changes ahead. Was it, you know, what was that like to be doing that? Uh, initially, yeah, it really felt like, wow, this is it. And this is just unbelievably exciting. Because, you, yes, there was often places you could, you knew it might go. But you also, it never failed to amaze me how often we would be surprised at what people came up with. You know, because when you're when you're rehearsing it, you're going, oh, well, what about this idea or this idea? Or somebody might say this or they might say that. So you'd explore all these different things. And then, you know, you take it out on the road and it's like, oh, my gosh, I never saw that one coming. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's fun. It, kept, it yeah. keeps everybody on their toes. Right. It keeps it really alive and exciting. Yeah. Very improvisational. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. open to change. So, so what was, how would you, how does the journey continue in terms of how you reiterate it? Cause a lot of us, I think listening and, or a lot of us that I know we, we create our lives, like one thing leads us to another place and we, we don't, we don't imagine what we're doing now from 10 years ago, right? Things evolve. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened for you on the path that I'm, I'm thinking is better this kind of core in your kind of really essential the shape of your life, really. So there you are yeah. doing this forum theater um, mm. in terms of a transformational so, story. What what happened next? Well, what, was what the happened change? next yeah. was I, I worked with young people. I worked in further higher education. And then I just reached a place where I thought, you know what, I need a, I need a really big change. And I had started getting into mediation, actually. And I thought it would be exciting to use the tools that I had within the workplace. And so that's where the change, the change came. And I, myself and a, a colleague started working in business and, and then, yeah, then this opportunity came up to really kind of marry up almost my past with my, with my present when somebody who'd actually employed me to create a piece of forum theater with adults with learning disabilities way um, you know quite a number of years previously said would I be interested in working with a group of adults with mental health issues and create a piece of forum theater piece of interactive theater that we would take to different businesses because it was about it was about again empowering them within the within the community. So it was, you know, taking them to places like the job center to work with the staff there, taking the piece to supermarkets to work with staff there. Yeah. Um, and so 
I was quite excited about that because, as I said, it was kind of marrying up past with with present, the community side that I was have such a strong connection with and with businesses. So, yeah, so that that was um, that was a big leap forward. And I thought, oh, yeah, we'll be able to develop a piece within probably about three months. And then, you know, as soon as I started working, I was like, OK, going to need longer than three months. <laughs> And what do you mean working a piece in three months? What 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 are you looking at there? Like you were already I looking, was looking at, at yeah yeah. Sorry, I was looking at you know I was looking at working with a new group, developing ideas, and taking that to a place where we had some piece of theatre that we had developed as a team, and taking that out into the community. And yeah, it was a, it was it, it was I realized when on when we started that actually what was needed was lots of skills building, confidence building, rapport building, trust building, all of that needed to be in place before we could even think about developing any piece of theatre that we might actually take and show in front of anybody. (laughs) And. But it was still forum theatre, Amy. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not strict forum as the as in what I described earlier as in we would you we used different techniques within it we didn't insist that the spectator came up onto the stage and replaced the actor um, because interestingly as we and sadly I think the older people get the less they want to get up and you know, stand up in front of people. And, you know, as young people, you can get them to come up on the stage. I mean, you know, it wasn't a stage as in, you know, proscenium arch or anything like that. You're talking about on a gym floor, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're all on the same level, but essentially you're still standing up in front of your peers. And adults just don't like to do that. So we made it slightly easier for them. <laughs> So well, the, Dustin Wilde probably wouldn't have approved, but there we go. We we adapted. Yeah. But what 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 would be the pull? Like I see the pull of working with the younger uh, people in the communities, having it be very people oriented, and the theater of the oppressed, right? And here you are, kind of morphing it a bit, working with people at work. What what was the pull for them to take part? I mean, why would they join? Was it mandatory, or were they like, oh, this could be fun? I'm going to be doing theater. What what was the draw for them? Um, in that initial piece, in that initial piece, I'm not sure I whether how, I'm not sure how much it was bossing. You've got to go and take part in this. To be honest, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure initially, but um, they were getting that sense of actually we're getting a real insight into what it might be like for someone that we don't we don't usually think about it in from this perspective you know we usually yeah. we're we're really absorbed in our in our world but that was the, that was the first piece we then kind of we, we went on and we we then basically created what became known as the Cynthia show and the Cynthia so we set the whole story in a like a chat show and this was the main piece about mental health at work so that was my real kind of move into let's look at this thing um, that is our mental health at work and the Cynthia show lived for many years (laughs) the Cynthia show the Cynthia show yeah what is the Cynthia show so I'm I'm getting I'm just putting myself in in that time and thinking, I definitely am hearing, okay, here's this opportunity for us as people working here together to trust build. Cause you know, I know that uh, that's always being welcome to um, explore something together to expand maybe. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just getting that sense, but now, now you've created this thing and, and this is, um, are you, is this on your own now or you do yet? Do you have this partner still and the Cynthia show? Uh, no, this is um, now I'm on my own, and yeah. the Cynthia show is is a uh, 
what developed with the the group that I was working with in the community. So it was working with them as volunteers and with professionals, a mix together. And together we developed this, this interactive theatre piece all about mental health at work and all about the importance of communication, the importance of behaviours, the importance of caring and being human and noticing and all of these things. Um, and we use lots of forum theatre techniques within the story. And so essentially it was, a, it was a piece of learning and development that we toured into different organisations. And yeah, and they, they would, it was a theatre piece, but it was learning and development. And so we're talking about 15-ish years ago, roughly now. Mm. And uh, one of the first questions we'd say was, okay, so hands up, who's got mental health? And <laughs> of course, everyone was like, ooh! <laughs> but we would love that, actually, because we what we would love to, what we loved seeing is the, is the penny dropping, right? As people realise through the story, all oh, right, okay, I get it, I get it. Um, so yeah, it was fun it and upbeat, and but yet it also and there was a lot of laughs in it as well as a very serious message. It sounds really like there was a there came in a real focus with the Cynthia show, like mental health came in. I love what you're talking about. Okay, now what a great open question, right? Okay, who knows about yeah. it? Or what was it? Who gets mental health? Or what did you just say? It's who just, who just has start. hands up? Who has mental health? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so at this point, who are you in your work? Are you, how are you even different than you were in previous, uh, you know, roles? You, you kind of, you inviting in colleagues, you've got this kind of very sassy, jazzy kind of entrance into this world of bringing people together. Um, mm. What was that like? What? Yeah, was it? it was, it was really, it was really fun. And it was challenging and exciting and we worked with lots of different organizations and we worked with people from the front line on the front line and we worked with senior teams and middle managers and we worked with small groups and large groups and it always had a very strong impact there was one scene sort of three quarters the way through it where so at this point in the story, the middle manager, really she had no support from her senior manager, but she was doing a terrible job of being this middle manager and it was impacting on everyone. And there's this lovely forum theater technique called Stop Think, where you watch the scene and then you watch it again. And you ask the audience to shout out, Stop Think and name a character. Um, so they'll shout, for example, you know, stop, um, stop, think, Anne, right? And the action will stop and you then hear Anne's inner thoughts. And when Anne's finished doing her inner thoughts, they go back to the original dialogue and then they'll say, stop, think, Shona. And then you hear Shona's internal thoughts and so on. Anyway, it's a hugely powerful, powerful technique because especially at that moment in the story, actually all of them are a breaking point. All of them are having a terrible time. Yes, you have, through the story, you've kind of, your empathy is with the central character, but actually you know, you realize that everybody in the, in the story is really suffering and that the whole community, if you like, within the office is fractured. That's beautiful. Mm. How would it come to a completion? How would that particular show, how did that finish? It finishes with the boss basically realizing that she hasn't been there to support. And even though the middle manager's behaviors have been abhorrent, it was actually the senior manager's is because of the lack of support and understanding that the senior manager had 
um, as to, to why her behaviours were abhorrent, as well as just a general complete lack of understanding and empathy um, of, of what it means to support each other's mental health and well-being to, to look out for that, you know. What was the mood in the room? What was the mood on the with the people that you're working with throughout this? What was how did that land? Uh, it was, I mean, it was it was really powerful. People people would be very moved by it, um, and also at the end, often we would kind of sit down and do a lineup and just talk about who we were and where we'd come from and what it meant to us and there was one person in the show who had 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 severe mental health issues from for a lot of her life and she would talk quite openly about it she had a cracking sense of humor and she would talk really openly about it and people just really appreciated hearing her real story you know um mm. and i would mention because interesting <laughs> interestingly through the process of developing the cynthia show I, so I had had, I suffered with eating disorders when my, in sort of my late teens to early twenties. And it was only when I was actually exploring, you know, doing research for the Cynthia show that I was like, that I realized, oh my gosh, I had had mental health issues. But at the time nobody had, you know, nobody had labeled it that. It was just, you know, do you take sugar in your tea? No. Well, you should. You should take one, two, three, four, five sugars in your tea when, you know, when they saw that I wasn't eating enough. It's like, really? <laughs> you know, that was that was what I got in my in my teens. Whereas so yeah, so for me it was a whole like, oh wow, actually I've had I've had some mental health issues and I hadn't even yeah, it hadn't even been labeled that at the time, which was quite interesting. So, you know, I talked a little bit about that and other people talked a little bit about their experiences. We've all had varying degrees of mental health issues in our in our lives, which is perfectly normal, you know? Absolutely. What what is your you know, when I listen, I can relate. I bet I bet most people can relate. I powerfully relate gets me really in my core just listening. Um, and um, what was that? I, I imagine that you felt more whole doing this kind of work. I don't know, but to, to, to be visible, even to share your past within a new perspective or new context that was serving healing. Uh, it just seems like that that would be quite a gift to self to be involved in that work myself, like putting myself in your position being leading these teams, but, um, being that revealing, what was, was that, was that new to have that? Cause in theater, right. You were mainly staying in the roles we're playing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it was. And, and it's interesting now, you know, working in organizations and some organizations, people will talk about their experiences in, in order to empower other people to talk about their experiences and I'm all for that as long as there is a really strong support network within your organization because if you don't have that it, you know you're, you're vulnerable when you're talking about these things right mm. you mean the actual that the actual people that you're working with that are hiring with you at this point mm -hmm. that you you wouldn't want them to be too revealing if they didn't have the culture to support them Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They have to, it has to match it. Yeah. 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 So you, was it a natural next step to create your own company? How did that work? You've got the Cynthia show. I mean, tell us about, was that like on the road or was that, that was organization to organization? Was that? Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, every now and again, we'd get asked, do, 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 will you will you do, you know, will you deliver the Cynthia show again? Sure. So it went on and on and on. It never seemed to stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, my question was, well, how do I upscale this? How do I get this out to a wider audience? And it's, you know, it's much harder to do that with 
you know, live actors in the room every time, obviously it's, it's much more difficult. So, so then I thought, well, how, what if I took it online? It would be slightly different, but at least it would get the essence of this message out to a much wider audience. And so that was when the journey to Head Torch began, because that was then about getting money, getting funds in order to develop an online piece. And we ended up developing an online piece with in collaboration with the University of Glasgow, which was great. And we created a drama that ran all the way through. So we've got like three online episodes and created this drama that runs all the way through it and it stops and starts. And again, there's lots of different questions and so on and so forth. So that was, that was the kind of shift from, okay. um, I suppose, yeah, just delivering Cynthia show here and there to let's get it out to a, to a much wider audience but in a different, slightly different format. So now is it seen as community service at that point? Were you getting a grant? Was it um, the University of Glasgow? What, what, how was that being supported? Uh, no, it wasn't seen as community. No, so Head Torch is basically, it's a, it's a business like any other business. Um, but we got a grant through um, what was the technology strategy board. It's like a UK based, I'm not quite sure exactly what it is, but anyway, we got a grant through that and then we got matching investment in order to uh, create this. So it was all. Yeah, Almost like a all, business, like a helping you grow as a business. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Oh yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. lots of programs like that, right? When we're getting started yeah. or yeah, that can come in or at any point um, yeah. that want to give something they think is really neat, a boon and it's connecting yeah. business to something that they think is valuable. I get it. Yes. Wow. And so then, and then, so that happened, you created this really, what I hearing is you created kind of your own content. You created something that you could present. It was like yours. It's experience-based, but it, it, there's more ownership in it as well. There's, there's not, yeah. It's exciting too. Mm. Did your, did, are you becoming more business savvy at this point? Are you just kind of following your ambitions (laughs) as they go or is this haphazard or what are we talking? Um, I think, you know, I did quite a lot of networking and I was very good at saying, would you be interested in being on my advisory board? And basically just giving me some advice when I need it. And lots of people were were excited about what I was doing and were willing to do that. So I was really lucky that I got I think the thing is, Julie, it's good to get people who know more about stuff than you all around you. (laughs) I love that. And I think I'm quite good at that. I think I'm quite good at that. So um, I got some good people around me, basically. And, you know, I, I, I work at the business thing and, but I still, I, yeah. I work at the business thing and I have other people who are really much better at business things than me that work with me, which is great. I'm loving this advisory board thing, Amy. Mm, mm. That's, I mean, I know I've heard of that, but I've never really related to it, but now I'm relating to it really strongly. Yeah. So you would literally be at a party and you'd say, Hey, you want to be on my <laughs> advisory board? <laughs> well, not necessarily a party, but um, so the, the, I was actually, I was a member of the Professional Speaking Association and they had a, we'd created a little kind of mastermind group as it were. And one day we were, we'd got, in fact, it was the first time we'd we'd got together and this guy said, oh, this is what he, you know, he did. He, He took new innovative products to market. And I said, you do? I didn't realize you did that yeah that's what he did and um he he also worked quite a lot in the medical field I said you have I didn't know you did that either I said well I think you should be on my advisory board (laughs) anyway that was it he's now the executive chairman (laughs) of Head Torch which is great because you know he knows he's good at all of that stuff and um, so I've been learning a lot from him 
but also it's like you know let him excel in that stuff and let me play with the let me play with the ideas that's going to get people to think about how they can shift their hearts and their minds in terms of supporting people at work. All right. Tell us, uh, so for, I'm, I'm inspired by that. And I mean, I've heard this, you know, hired people that do different things than you, but when I hear you say it, it lands because, uh, I relate to your position in terms of being this creative and, uh, the advisor board is a, a beautiful, um, it's like, could be our password now getting into things advisory board, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but okay. But let's go. But what do you get to do now with people? So you're not, you, you are the CEO. So you are mm-hmm. the one holding the pen and paper in front of the room on a meeting, right. About numbers and stuff, right. You do have that, right. Mm-hmm. Or do you throw we it? Share it out? We do share it out. I have to say, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. We do. So there's, there's some tension in the pot there. Maybe just how do you show up as CEO when you're kind of this creative founder, director asking other people you've got this business so i imagine that's a that's a life journey i imagine yeah yeah how can it not be as a creative for me it is i mean almost mm-hmm. everyone i talk to how do we step into these different shoes and how do they keep evolving so i just yeah. i'm with you uh but but what do you get to do with people so you still get to do all this creative work with people so what's it look like now you've got this board you've got um people that you can bring on as facilitators you know depending on the size of job but how are you bringing acting in the theater in so again in lots of different lots of different ways and when so we've created other online programs again with using drama within them making very i think e-learning's got a you know, not got a great name, but we don't, ours isn't really e-learning. It's more like watching a television program and every so often the thing stops and you have to answer a question, you know? So it's much more interactive if you like. Mm -hmm. And so we use drama within all of those. We also within our live sessions, we always create what we call a, a fictional employee. So we'll work in collaboration with every client will create a a fictional employee that's embedded in their organization Um, and that employee will goes through a journey over the sessions that we work with them and we hear from that fictional employee in various at various moments through the learning process in order to, to in order to stimulate that learning, so it might it might just be a monologue, but then they're um, interacting in some way to to put a model into practice or to put different skills into practice. Um, give us so an they, example, a juicy like what's so I'm hearing you get to actually um, go into a character. So part of your job yeah. is you get to actually act or you get to be. So sometimes I do, and sometimes we employ other people to do the acting and then I'll be the facilitator. But I get a, the same buzz from that. It's the same as like with forum theater, when I work with young people, I was the facilitator within that, which is which in traditional forum theater is actually known as the joker, which I like. Um, so I would be the joker when working with young people, right? So the facilitator. So I'm essentially I'm doing the same thing here. I'm still the joker, um, still facilitating. Mm-hmm. Some sometimes yes, I do do the performing, and and other times, the the facilitating. Yeah. What's an um? Can you give us an example of a character? Or is that um? Spoiler. Spoils. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, I mean, to be to be honest, quite often the character will take a similar path. But it's always in negotiation, obviously, in dialogue with the with the client. But they'll they'll generally take a similar ish path. So what you see is a, you see that the character is, has obviously had been a good employee. They're good at their job. They probably excel in various things. They go over and above. And right now they've got issues going on at home. So perhaps they've got uh, a problem child, a parent with dementia, maybe both, maybe they're splitting up from their spouse. Uh, so they've got stuff going on at home, right? And they're introduced as this is, let's say, for example, this is Angie. 
and she has been working here for 12 years and she used to go on great with her manager more recently she's got this new manager called Robert right and then we'll then the scenario begins and basically what we understand through the through the journey of the character is that Robert basically is very kind of target orientated not really interested in the person doesn't do the whole chit chat how are you doing doesn't get to know the individual and actually you know we we watch the character going from from good to bad to worse like you would in a traditional forum theater mm-hmm. right yeah but um we also know that you're working backwards actually if right from the get-go if robert had taken the time to sit down and have a conversation and just build relationships a relationship with angie and get to know her then it's likely that none of the following bits of the story would have happened because there would have been that trust there. So even though she might have had a whole lot of chaotic stuff going on at home, mm-hmm. she would know that actually it's okay because I can speak to Robert. Right. So at least I would at least I've got that that rock there that I can speak to Robert because I know that he's going to listen to me. And mm-hmm. um you know, and he he's going to support me, whether that's guide me to, you know, find the, the employee counselling route or whatever it is. But he's he's going to be there and have that conversation. Whereas what what we see is a is a manager who is absorbed in what's ever going on, whatever is going on for them and is not is not um, creating that that good relationship with his with the member of his team. Wow. So how does this get to what really shifts? What really, so, so there, there you have that, right? You have this conversation with Angie and Robert and you have people Mm -hmm. watching um, and then they're interacting. It could be e-learning, but it could be live, say Angie's live and you're doing this. What, what then happens with the people that are hearing this? Where where is their transformation? How, or how long does this take? What's, what's the arc of their journey to, to create this new culture that would create a safety for mental health conversations. Well, that's that's a good that's a good question because really, to create this new culture, it's an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, really, what the 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 bit that we, well, yeah, I mean, we can work with the organisation really wherever they're at, but. This bit is about empowering the, let's say the manager, we work with every level, but this particular bit that I'm talking about right now is, so working with the the managers to empower them to create that relationship from the start and therefore have a more, and and ensure that that becomes the culture, if you like, within their team. Right. And then it's not just siloed in one team. It's actually across the organization because they're training up everybody within the organization that this is the way we interact with each other. Right. This is how we we care for each other. We look out for each other. This is what our organization stands for. Rather than. Yeah. If there's not that kind of across the board L&D, then then you, you get that you get that silo effect where you get people who are naturally caring will do it well anyway and then you get others who just for you know whatever reason it is just aren't that great at that whole people bit (laughs) and then you get so then you get departments and areas that just that doesn't that doesn't have that nurturing culture so what do you see about fiction why is fiction important these characters i'm thinking are fiction you know these are Mm made Mm. up versus you know thoughts ideas trainings that you you know um Mm. they're important because it's about embedding it within the organization so you know we could have one character we could have one story for every organization that we work with and it would it would work it would be okay i i think it's much stronger that it is embedded within their organization. So, 
because it lands more, because it makes it more real, because we use their language. We, <laughs> we had one not that long ago, actually, and I was playing the character and it was live. It was a face-to-face -face session. We were in the room and I'd done the first monologue and we were, I don't know, moving around the room for some reason. Anyway, and one of the, one of the people came up to me and she said, have you, have you got a background in science? And I'm like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> she said, because, you know, the way that you said that there, it was like, gosh, she, she must. And I said, no, it's just, I've just, you know, spoken to a lot of your colleagues. <laughs> But it because it's because we do you know we do the research with the client beforehand to make sure that we're speaking their language. Yeah, if we're using their jargon, we're yeah, it's all about. So, so it sounds like you're actually you're creating a fiction specific to a company culture and maybe context or environment, including some language. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like a gig that you take on the road. It's like, so you're coming up with this almost play acting. And, and but again, why, what's the impact? Like, what, how is it that, you know, uh, that this is a shift of emotions on the heart, you know, when we spoke about that um, mm. before, what, how is that, that this actually is working, Amy? Because you've got all these testimonies of how this is so powerful versus just learning something like left brain. Yeah, yeah. Um learning learning something left brain is it has its place and some people as we know prefer to learn in that way but if you really want people to literally move be moved in their thinking then actually it's about getting them to get in touch with the emotional side of what's going on um, and recognizing Maybe it's not themselves, but maybe it's, you know, maybe it's that thing of, oh, that could be, you know, we've had that before of, does he work, does he work in such and such a department, you know, mm. they, re they recognize that person, oh yeah, that, that, that could be such and such, that could be real, you know, um, so in that way, you're getting people to be moved from their heart essentially yeah so they're being touched i hear it um on a heart level but the characters mm -hmm. aren't recognizable so you won't dramatize somebody who works in a particular department or anything because that wouldn't be safe right no that's right yeah yeah no we would so we always make sure for example you know that the name doesn't clash with somebody uh we always make sure that the storyline does not mirror something that may have maybe factually true with somebody right now within the organization or in recent times that somebody would go oh, you're talking about you know that this is only to do with barbara in accounts it's like no actually this is relevant for everyone so we we want a story that people relate to um and know that actually it could be anyone yeah not specifically someone, but it could be anyone. So as people approach you, it sounds like quite a bit. What's, what are they sharing with you that how it's changed them? Like after they've done it, or what, what do they remark on? Um, yeah. They remark on things like you'll get frontline, frontline people. And I'm talking, you know, quite people that people that are working on a shop floor welding or plating or you know hard graph jobs right and you'll get somebody there coming up to someone say in HR saying you know I was thinking about my mental health and blah 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 now that just wouldn't normally happen wow you know, we have started sessions before with, you'll not get me talking about my mental health, you know. And then a few hours later, this is really important. Everybody's got to have this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what, what, what's kind of the light in your eyes right now? What lights you up 
in all of this right now? We're coming to a close here. I'm just curious, what's the glean in your eye? I think the the glean is that, you know, this is this has been a incredibly hard road because people have not got the importance of mental health for so, so, so long, you know. I've come we've come an extraordinary long way, really, I suppose actually in quite a short period of time, although it does seem like a long time. <laughs> I and I think that I, I do feel at the moment there is a change in the in the tide, which is just really heartening that more and more businesses are saying, yeah, we need to make this a strategic priority. We cannot afford not to, you know, well-being equals performance is one of our mantras. And it's true, you know, what... One of the questions we asked is, which which area of your business is impacted by well-being? You know, there ain't an area that's not. So that's why it's so important that we are all able to look out for it, support each other. That's beautiful, Amy. I have to tell you, it gives me great hope in the valuing the work with characters and fiction and going to the heart and emotions that... It can't be done in a manual. Um, I love hearing about the the move from the forum work, and um, I'm going to be looking up um, Augusto's work. Uh, Thank you for sharing with us today on a beautiful path. Um, Amy McDonald. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, that's today's podcast of Creative at the Wheel. Before we go, I want to invite you to check out my Creativity and Spirit Online Retreats. Experience for yourself the breakthroughs and support available when you engage your creative self in a safe and playful community. Begin here if you are ready to ignite your own transformational journey in a joyful way. You can also learn more about my one-on-one coaching offerings on my website, paintbiglivebig.com.